1: On today's show, we kick off a West Coast road trip with a preview of the Portland Trailblazers tonight.
2: And everybody's calling for the Charlotte Hornets to make a move in the trade market. We've got a couple of suggestions. We
1: always do. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are locked on Hornets are locked on Uh, locked on locked on hornets your daily charlotte hornets podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
2: Welcome into Locked On Hornets, Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it. Today's episode is brought to you by our wonderful friends at Frame Warehouse. Visit Framewarehouse.net to find a location near you in Charlotte, and they're gonna get your framing project fixed up for the guaranteed best price. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend. David Walker, David. Right before the show, I just got a big stretch in. You ever just get a real big stretch going on before a show? Podcasting's All the tough.
1: Time. Stretching right now, you can't tell because I've learned to control it. But I'm stretching. <laughs> hey, Doug. Speaking yeah. of our of our great friends at Frame Warehouse, speaking I of little, I might have a little uh, little little surprise, something to get framed that, I, that I'm present on the show tonight. If you want to tune in for that, folks, tonight you. on YouTube.
2: Yeah, YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. We will be live, Locked On Hornets live, joined by Justin Thomas from ESPN Charlotte, and of course the whole crew: Calamity James, Captain Kurt, Dropping Drops. Going to be a good time. Make sure to check it out. Our guest tonight is Oliver Maroney, NBA writer, recently of Basketball Insiders. He's going nice. to give us the inside scoop on this trade market, which we're going to be talking about later in this show.
1: Oh boy!
2: I gotta be. I gotta be positive. I gotta be happy in this show. One of our uh, listeners noticed that I, I, I was a little down last episode. A little down. How beat. could you tell? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we, we're we're moving on. We're moving forward. We we hopefully the Hornets will do the same and get some positive <laughs> action going on. Uh, not, nothing but positive vibes because we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Head over to iTunes. Search locked on and find podcasts on the NFL the nBA golf fantasy sports it 's the fastest growing podcast network in the world, okay, David. time to get out the coffee maker tonight. maybe some smelling salts something to something to wake oh. you up because it 's time for some west Coast midnight basketball. The hornets are in Portland. Tonight, or today, and tonight, getting set to take on the Trail Blazers. And tomorrow. And tomorrow, tip set for (laughs) 10 o'clock p.m., David, here on the East Coast. Uh, These two teams faced off not too long ago, if you'll remember, January 18th. Charlotte got a 107-85 to victory over the Trail Blazers, and that snapped a five-game losing streak. Now they go into Portland looking to snap a four-game losing streak. David, how do the Hornets get it done?
1: Well, they defended the backcourt so well last time. It's going to come down to, I mean, that's obviously going to be important, Lillard and McCollum. Lillard, both of them coming fresh off of all-star snubs, so that seems to always fire them up. I mean, I think it all starts with them for the trailblazers. We saw that last time, too. MKG did a pretty good job uh, on McCollum, Um, and I think that Dame and Kemba is... Obviously, the matchup to watch and that's a fun one I mean for folks that aren't Hornets fans if you're listening uh, this is a good one to watch because of those two guys but I, Doug I mean everything starts with those two for Portland for me
2: Yeah Damian Lillard scoring a uh, a game high 33 points against Memphis in their last game that's the 15th time this season that he scored 30 so Lillard Little in the They are they are there to score the basketball. They do a really good job, and uh, hopefully, and and the Hornets were aggressive on them in the pick and roll with. And Kimball Walker did an excellent job, certainly a better job um, than you know against John Wall. I mean, it, it's just a, a question of getting around those screens and making sure that you're making the right decisions on those uh, pick and roll assignments. Uh, if they do beat the Blazers, David, it would snap another streak they have not won in the Moda Center. They have not won in Portland since March of 2008. It's a long time Oh, my ago. God. That's not okay. that's not the last you're going to hear on this show about 2008, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Kimball Walker mentioned him. He's poised to move up the franchise scoring charts. He needs five points to pass Larry Johnson for third place in Charlotte history. He needs 37 points to pass Gerald Wallace for second place. He's still a ways back from Dell, over 2,400 points away. But, you know, how important is uh, is his scoring offense. You know, Dave, he he passed up the final shot against Sacramento. They asked him about it after the game. He said, you know, I just made the right play, made the pass. Frank uh-huh. Kaminsky airballed that ensuing shot that would have yep. won the game. If, you, if he gets a similar shot, if this is a close one in Portland, Kimba takes the shot, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sacramento did a good job pinning him that far underneath. You know, I mean, I, I guess if there had been a few more ticks on the clock, maybe he tries to dribble that back out around. He did technically make the right play, uh, got an open shot. But, yeah, you want Kimba shooting that ball. But that, you know, even um, we've seen it a couple of other times this season. He hasn't always gotten that last shot like he did last year. So I would certainly think that that will be a focus, yeah, if it happens again. I mean, that's, of course, that's his game, you know, and they haven't been able to kind of create that. Of course, when everyone else is looking for him to do that, that's what makes it tough. But, hey, come on. That's why you can
2: pay the big bucks. It's, well, it's strange, right? Because the Hornets in previous seasons have done such a good job of finding him at the end of games. And, yeah. and you know, for the first two seasons of, of the Hornets' return, you know, you, you we had the highlights of Kemba taking, and he didn't always make them, because, the, the, you know, last second shots, they're, they're normally not, you know, your best looks, but... Uh, you, you know, Kimba was known for that, and for some reason, this season they have not been able to find him. And I, it, it honestly it speaks to uh, what the, the excellent things that Kimba has done this season. That he is mm-hmm. he's an all star. He's gotten a lot of media attention and media love, and that he hasn't been. You know, he doesn't have those highlight plays that are going to be on Sports Center. Those game winners, but he's still. You know he still gets that steady. recognition.
1: He's been he hasn't had the spikes, or at least those high, yeah those those uh, top ten plays. But that goes to what everything else he's done from a consistency standpoint. Like we said, I mean he's been so good across the board night in and night out, even without those big spikes. Do you think that they need to get someone else involved like Batum? I mean it feels like last year you know you had Jeremy Lin out there at times, right? So he could create and also had a knack for kind of hitting big shots. But I don't know if. Starting out with Batum, letting him create a little bit. I don't know. You're 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 almost afraid to give it up uh, from Kemba because then will you be able to get it back to him? You know.
2: No, I totally agree. And and I want to see. I, here's the. Re- I want to see him make the highlight play because I want to see. I want to see the highlight play on a poster. I want to see that poster on my wall, and I want that poster to be framed nicely and for a good price. And that's why we recommend using our good friends at Frame Warehouse for your next framing project. David, I've got a little story. I, I recently, before, uh, before I learned about Frame Warehouse uh, several months ago, I had a couple of jerseys that I wanted framed, and I got them framed at one of one of the competitors. And listen, it cost me a pretty penny. Uh, but I, after talking to the guys at Frame Warehouse, I learned that I could have gotten that same framing project done for a much better price and at the same quality. So if you have a poster or a jersey or a a cool gift, maybe a Valentine's Day is coming up, you've been waiting to get something framed, don't wait anymore. Talk to our friends at Frame Warehouse. We are proud to partner up with Frame Warehouse because they've been family-owned right here in the heart of Charlotte for over 35 years, and they have the guaranteed best price on every framing project. At Frame Warehouse, you can frame almost anything for next to nothing. Nothing. If you can think of it, you can get it framed. Sports memorabilia, posters for your office, maybe your kid's bedroom, jerseys. They'll even cube up that signed football helmet you have laying around the house. As a, as a guy, I mean, framing is something that seems like it's a daunting task. It's 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 a little scary sometimes. What kind of frame do you get? There's said there's like bevel and bezel and all these weird words. Uh, glass or no glass? Luckily. Frame Warehouse, they have framing experts, really nice people. They're going to walk you through the entire process, turn your project around super quick and for a great price. Don't let your prized possessions go undisplayed. Talk to our friends at Frame Warehouse at one of their six locations in Charlotte. There's one near you. Go to framewarehouse.net right now. Find the one nearest you. Tell them Locked On Hornets sent ya and tell them go Hornets. All right, let's get back to this Portland game, David. The Blazers. Here's my key to the game. You ready for my key to the game, David? Have me. The Blazers. <laughs> it's rebounding again for the second straight. Mm-hmm. Seems like the fifth straight game. Rebounding very important to this uh, to this ball club. But the Blazers are bottom five in the league in their last ten games and second to last in their last five games in offensive rebounds allowed. My key to the game. You gotta unleash the Gilchrist. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist has been the best rebounder on this Hornets team. Right now, he's tied with Nick Batum at 7.4 rebounds per game, but I give the slight advantage to Michael Kidd-Gilchrist because he's snagging over two offensive rebounds a game, David. Cody Zeller is as well. He actually, Cody Zeller gets a slight nod over MKG in terms of total offensive rebounds per game. And hopefully the Hornets can get him back into the lineup because those two, yeah. Zeller and MKG, make a great offensive rebounding team. And getting, you know, we've seen the Hornets have obviously had some issues defensively, but, you know, I go back to that Sacramento Kings game. Had they played better offensively? Had they getting, gotten more easy points in that first half they would not have been in as much trouble as they were at the end of that game so I think the same thing applies here in Portland get the offensive rebounds get those easy second chance points and and you could get a little momentum separate yourself from bad teams and and not have to fight back in that fourth quarter
1: yeah that's something you didn't see in the Knicks game especially they had chances and took a ton of threes you know, didn't get any of those easy buckets to kind of point push that lead out further. And that's something they're going to have to do. I think you're right. They're a better team than the Blazers. They're they're certainly better than them in Charlotte. Now, look, they play well in Portland. That's one of the best crowds in the NBA, in my opinion, out there at the Rose Garden. Um, so they're going to have to come out strong. And look, Doug, here's the deal. Okay, Let me, let me tell you the deal. Give, give it to me. The, The Hornets are not good on back-to-backs. The Hornets are not good on the second night of (laughs) back-to-backs. true. It was a strength
2: last season. This season, not so much.
1: And on this particular back-to-back, they'll have to play the Golden State Warriors. I hear they're pretty good. Now, that is daunting. So this win, or this game, uh, if they could get a win out of this, is big. It's huge for a lot of reasons, obviously. But I think you could sandwich that Warriors game with a couple of good wins, um, if you can manage to play well, I mean, Utah is going to be another. All these games are going to be tough, but they got to come out and they cannot, uh, they can't let the game get away from them, or at least, you know, not take advantage of things early if they present themselves. I mean, that's something that's been killing them, and Clippers talked about it.
2: This this same exact team, if they were to get Zeller back, this same exact yeah. team uh, several months ago. We would have been saying, yeah, they I mean they're going to dispatch the Blazers and then they've got a shot at competing with the Warriors and then they've got a better than not shot of beating the Utah Jazz. Same roster. Mm-hmm. But we're in a completely different situation now where oh. you know, after losing to the Knicks and after losing to the Kings, you start to wonder who can this team beat right now? And it's got to start with the Portland Trailblazers, a team that they've proven that that they've gotten a handle on. And, and they beat them resoundingly. And the the Trailblazers are playing better. They they were on a three game winning streak before playing the Golden State Warriors, uh, who they almost beat. Uh, they were, uh, Golden State was resting Steph, uh, but Durant had 30, 30 plus. Um, so, but they almost, Portland was almost able, uh, to take care of them as well. So it's a very important game for uh, the Charlotte Hornets because, you know, you're getting to this point in the season, David, and you're wondering, okay, what's the, what's the point of no return? You know, they're sitting at eighth place in the Eastern Conference now. You've got Atlanta and Washington finally figuring things out. They're moving up. Toronto's sliding back a little bit, but they'll figure things out eventually again. So, you know, the Hornets could wake up a few weeks from now and the top four could be decided. And so then you're fighting right. for five through eight at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean that's looking like the best I'm the best case scenario at this point. If they could get a little separation between themselves and the rest of these six, seven, eight, nine teams. Um, and that's not, that, let me, let me just
2: say this, David, that's not being negative. That's just a sort of reality real. at this point. No. <laughs> We're being real. Um, real. So, you know, that, and, that, go ahead.
1: Yeah, one other key for me tonight, Doug, is to get back to not turning the ball over. I mean, if they go on the road on this strip and start throwing these passes out of bounds again and have unforced, unforced errors and don't play the way that they've been successful, which is which is valuing possession of the ball, then they're not going to be able to win these games on the road. I uh, just uh, That's something they're going to have to take care of.
2: Well, they can't have unforced errors because this Portland Trailblazers team is really good at forcing errors. Both Lillard, uh, McCollum, uh, they're great at blocking the basketball. Uh, Lillard and McCollum are great at stealing the basketball. Crab uh, can can nab a few steals as well, so... You know, you got to watch out for this team uh, defensively. Uh, they love to turn you over. They got uh, 18 turnovers against uh, Golden State. So it, you, you can't uh, give them extra possessions because, you know, I don't, the Hornets will probably turn the ball over more in this game than, than normal because this team uh, in Portland is very good at taking the basketball. All right. Speaking of the Portland Trailblazers, David, they're caught up in some trade rumors right now. As teams in their position, where you 're teeter tottering on the you know are we going to make the playoffs are we not you know that, that those teams are normally caught up in trade rumors, and these are surrounding the Orlando Magic and the starting power forward for the Orlando Magic, Serge Abaca, who apparently the Orlando Magic are ramping up efforts to move Serge Ibaka's owed twelve point two million dollars this season, the last season of his deal expiring contract. Apparently, the Magic want young players because, of course, they do. They never have enough young players. And and they also want some picks to recoup their losses in the deal that brought Abaka to the Magic in the first place. David, the question is, should Rich Cho enter his four-digit iPhone <laughs> password and dial up Rob Hennigan?
1: Oh, boy. Well, first of all, what were the Magic doing? <laughs> <laughs> this team that they assembled, hey, so they brought in Surge, They brought in our, our friend Bismack. Mm-hmm. Um, they put a bunch of other guys around there who play basketball. It's just a really odd, odd fit. Traded but, away know, Victor
2: Oladipo, and he looks to be uh, continuing his yeah. upward trend in Oklahoma City. I mean, he's playing well for Oklahoma City.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's bizarre. I mean, Peyton has not really developed like they thought he would, I guess, but... Aaron Gordon is still a guy. They're like, you know, what do we have? And this super athletic guy, Ibaka. Um, though it's interesting, Doug. If I asked you who's has the better three point shooting percentage this season, Marvin Williams or Serge Ibaka, what would you say?
2: Well, just based on this, the 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 context of this conversation, I <laughs> would be wise to guess Serge Ibaka.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not like a towering difference, you know. It's not a huge. Um, it's not a huge discrepancy, but it is a bit better. Now, Marvin, for him, I think, has been playing better of late um, since the first of the year. He's played a little bit better. But he's also, like, two or three years older than Serge, which was also a little surprising. Marvin, the, the oldest of players that you mentioned to me, Doug, Serge, Brooke Lopez, and Marvin Williams himself. But I think Serge would give you a lot. I don't think he solves all of your problems. But, A, he definitely solves some of the rim protection issues, um he would be a stretch for in nights like the other night. You wouldn't have to put Marvin Williams in a in a matchup against Demarcus Cousins. You'd feel a lot better about putting an athletic guy like Serge out there. So at this point, Doug, Rich has gotta be making any call he can.
2: Yeah, so three point percentage, thirty-eight percent for Serge Ibaka, and forty-eight point six percent overall field goal percentage. He's averaging fourteen point nine points a game. Uh, 6.8 rebounds as well, which would put him again on par uh, with Marvin Williams. I think the interesting thing about this trade, first of all, 12.2 million, that would be easy for the the Hornets could put together a package of. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, Frank Kaminsky, Jeremy Lamb, Spencer Hawes. I mean, there are a, a, a couple of different combinations of players. It just depends on who the Orlando Magic would look look for, for yeah. or look for from the Charlotte Hornets, and then they would have to uh, package a pick. And I think the I think the Orlando Magic are asking for a lot right now, and and so I think you know. Uh, if if a call has been made, um, then it probably went nowhere because Orlando is asking for too much, and, and it's going to be one of those situations where it's probably going to take time for Rob Hennigan, who is, by the way, back up against the wall, I think, at this point. Um, I think people are going to be calling for his head because the Orlando Magic went into this season with a lot of expectations to win, to be a playoff contender, and they are certainly not that. only won 16 games this season so far, so... I think you've got some time to maybe see if that deal, uh, uh, you know, get, gets down a little bit. But I, I like Serge Ibaka. I mean, he's certainly he's he's been part of a defense in Orlando that's really struggled to meet expectations. So I think you could look at his performance in Orlando and find some defensive problems. Um, but he's traditionally been an effective defensive player, so I think he would solve some of those issues. What would be interesting, David, is do you, if you make that acquisition, would you put Serge Ibaka at, at the starting four position and then move Marvin Williams down? I think you would, right? Yeah. And yeah. You, and that would, I, allow, I that would so. that's going to improve your bench, plus you could close with a Marvin Williams, Serge Ibaka smaller lineup. I think it would be great.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's certainly what I would—that would be one option. Um, I think that would be an attractive one. Like you said, if you could give Marvin a little break, um, put him in there against some second units. Well, play the thing, the but second you have to look here. at
2: this too, David. He's not playing 35, 37 minutes a night lately. He's been getting like mm-hmm. 25 to 30, which he could get off the bench. But you're getting a much better player, Marvin Williams, on your bench than you have right now.
1: Yeah, Sure. They, you know, they asked so much of Marvin, right? I mean, just like the other night, uh, if they, if they need a guy to fill in somewhere, it's oftentimes him either on defense or, you know, to create some stuff on offense. But yeah, so that's, it seems like that would be a good fit. It's not like you're getting a dead eye three point shooter though. Right. So it's not really solving your problems from, from that end or what, but he's a, he's a, he's an underrated offensive guy. I think in search, I mean, he can kind of create his own shot against some guys and, and make them, um, Almost so, forced a
2: double team from the yeah. Charlotte Hornets in their last game Gee. against the Magic. So yeah, I mean the Hornets have seen firsthand uh, what he's capable of. Also, the problem, yo, no the go problem. Ahead.
1: Doug is sorry. I, don't, I I just feel like a lot of other teams can put together packages that are going to be more attractive than what the Hornets can. I mean, just
2: well, that's always the, that's that's going to yeah. be that's going to be the theme throughout this. But let's let let me dream, David. Okay, <laughs> yeah. all right. A perennial trade rumor, Brooke Lopez is back in the news. The Nets are He's reportedly, back. once again, dangling him out there. But they want multiple first-rounders for the center. This is always the problem with right. the Nets. They always put Brooke Lopez or Joe Johnson or whatever. They put him out there, and then they say, we want a bucket of gold. And it never it never goes anywhere. Um, but it's It's ridiculous that he is hitting all all of these threes all of a sudden. How insane. (laughs) Look look at this basketball reference page, David. He goes from um, three points attempted, uh, 0.1 four years ago, 0.1 three years ago, last season 0.2, now 5.3 three-point attempts per game, and he's hitting 1.9. He's hitting more threes a game than Serge Ibaka.
1: I don't know. Of you know, those three guys, he's taken far more three-pointers this season, too, right? He's shooting, like, what, is it five or six a game? Yeah,
2: five. Yeah, 5.4. Yeah,
1: 5.3. So, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, some of that is, you know, whatever the Nets are trying to do, right? Like, they're just telling everybody to shoot threes, and whenever they're up and do that. <laughs> but still, I mean, he didn't, like you said, it's a complete shift from what he was doing before. That's an interesting one as well. Do you think they're? they're is it going to happen? Is this trade going to happen for everyone? Everyone's sanity in the NBA. It's like every year this comes up, like you said, and it never happens.
2: No, I mean no. I I can't I can't bet on it happening because this is what they do. They they are so stubborn about wanting they want and they want picks because and it's the same thing with the Magic. They they, they want to rectify their own mistakes. And, and then they, but they want to do it, and but they ask too much. It's it's just so funny. They they want to rectify mistakes, yet they make the mistake of demanding too much and scaring teams away from making any kind of deal. Uh, but yeah. David, if the Hornets were able to acquire Brook Lopez, it would effectively exercise the demons of the 2008 draft. Do you remember this draft, David?
1: Um not the top of the head. But well, I'm gonna sure I'm, I'm gonna
2: don't worry. You probably don't remember it because you have you know exercised it from your own mind.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Um the the Bobcats were drafting ninth overall and mm-hmm. Larry Brown, oh, uh, head coach at okay, the time, I got
1: you. I'm with you. I'm made with the decision
2: <laughs> to to pass uh, on Brooke Lopez, who yeah. ended up going to the New Jersey Nets one pick later. And, and Larry Brown made the decision to draft D.J. Augustine. Yes. Who is now best known for just destroying the Hornets whenever he plays them against them now. Um, but Brooke Lopez went 10th. Uh, some other players that the Hornets, uh, then Bobcats, passed up on, uh, let's see, Mo Spates went 16th. Hey, Rui Hibbert went 17th in that draft. He is a Hornet now. Uh, Alex Ajinka was the Bobcats pick in 20th. So they had another pick. They had two first rounders in this 2008 draft. They went with Ajinka, who now plays with uh, or last played with the Pelicans, I believe. Hmm. Courtney Lee, two picks later, uh, who was uh, with the Hornets last season. Serge Ibaka, 24th overall. Hey, listen to this name, 25th overall in this draft, David. Nick yeah. Batum. There you go. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of current. History with the team right now in this 2008 draft. DeAndre Jordan, second rounder in this draft, 35th overall. Chris Douglas Roberts, 40th overall in the second round. Also went to the New Jersey Nets before eventually finding his way to the Charlotte Bobcats. And, and you know, CDR helped the Bobcats in that playoff run. He did.
1: A little energy guy. 2008
2: not a banner year
1: good trip, good for the, trip.
2: yeah was that a good was that a good trip for you
1: as soon as you said draft Bobcats Larry Brown I knew I knew where you were going with that so it came all rushing it came all rushing it's back all to coming
2: me. back to me hey uh locked on hornets live tonight youtube.com forward slash locked on hornets Oliver Maroney, uh recently of basketball insiders he's got the inside scoop on everything going on in the National Basketball Association. We're going to talk to him about this trade market. I'm going to, I'm going to put these Brooke Lopez, Serge Ibaka suggestions to Oliver and see what he thinks there. about that for the Charlotte Hornets. I think they're both great fits. It would allow uh, it's, it's some extra three-point shooting, which I think is hurting the Hornets right now. And, and also I think both of them – although let me say this about Brooke. How in the ever-loving world – on a t, te- he's on the Nets. Okay, the Nets miss a lot of shots, right, David? That's not mm-hmm. that's not crazy, right? And Brook Lopez is a seven foot center, and uh, he's huge, right? Those yes. are all facts. Those are not alternative Undisputed. facts. Those Undisputed. are facts. Okay. Total rebounds this year for Mister Lopez: five point one.
1: Yes, because he's shooting threes every other time now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But still,
2: five point one.
1: You'd like a few more, but can you blame him? He's like, I'm not yes, going to get that. I absolutely I can't.
2: I know. Yes, you blame a, a seven foot center uh, with a massive frame for getting 5.1 rebounds a game. Although this would talk about fit, because Cody Zeller d- doesn't get a ton of rebounds, and and it's because on this team, a lot of the rebounding duties go to Marvin Williams, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, yeah, and maybe Serge Ibaka in the future.
1: Yeah, let's them,
2: we'll let's, hey let's just get them both let's trade away every single pick we have for the next 20 years
1: so go on the trade machine see what happens
2: uh okay back to Locked On hornets live we're gonna do a game one of our favorite games it's called you okay with that we're gonna talk about uh players going through the media well dwayne uh-huh. wade at least he's back in practice we're gonna talk about that yeah. We talk about a lot. It's gonna be a fun show tonight, 6 o'clock p.m. youtube.com forward slash locked on hornets. You can chat with us live. It's a really good time. That's all the time we have for this edition of Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks so much to our sponsor for this episode. Frame Warehouse. Visit framewarehouse.net right now. Find a location near you. Visit them for your next framing project. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnHornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, give us a five-star review. Help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions, your thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tonight and then uh, tomorrow. We'll have a quick recap, David. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll A little short recap. <laughs> of this Portland Trail Blazers game, I promise. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.
0: So what if I like to stay up late and watch TV? Don't on caffeine and then go to Coke and Pepsi. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99.